Welcome to Victory in the Word Radio Ministries of Renaissance Church of God in Christ, USA. We're the host, Bishop Dennis J. McMurray is our senior pastor, and Dr. E. Jean McMurray is our first lady. Join us in this inspiring time of praise, worship, and fellowship designed to encourage and motivate everyone through the Word of God. Now prepare your hearts to be blessed with Victory in the Word. Contemporary English version of the book of St. Matthew, verse 69 through 75. These words are written. While Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, a servant girl came up to him and said, You were with Jesus from Galilee. But in front of everyone, Peter said, That isn't so. I don't know what you are talking about. When Peter had gone out to the gate, another servant girl saw him and said to some people there, This man was with Jesus from Nazareth. Verse 72 says, Again, Peter denied it, and this time he swore, I don't even know that man. A little while later, some people standing there walked over to Peter and said, We know you're one of them. We can tell it because you talk like someone from Galilee. Peter began to curse and swear, I don't know that man. Right then, a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered that Jesus had said, before a rooster crowed, you will say three times, you don't know me, or as the King James Version says, you will deny me. Then Peter went out and cried bitterly. My final scripture text for today is in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 40 and 41. And that's reading from the Amplified Version of the scripture. And it says it like this. And Peter solemnly testified and continued to admonish and urge them with many more words saying, be saved from this crooked and unjust generation. So then those who accepted his message were baptized. And on that day, about 3,000 souls were added to the body of believers. The word of God is blessed, therefore so are we. My subject this morning that I want to share with you Grace and favor. Grace and favor. We must come to the realization that God works through people. God chooses us to make a difference in this world. And one of the greatest miracles of God's miracle-working power is when people know you one way. God gets a hold to you, and they watch God flow through you another way. One of the greatest miracles continuing in that thought is when you've had a life that's been anything but pretty and God takes that not so attractive life, releases his spirit into that life and your life becomes one of the most beautiful expressions of God's glory that any human being has ever seen. Why does that happen? That happens for a walking, talking testimony and witness. That God, when he gets in your business, he can cause the biggest turnaround in a life of any turnaround of turnarounds. When God get a hold of your life, he can change your life from a mess to a miracle. And that's what God is specializing in in this season right now. God is in the business of transforming men and women into the miracle that he wanted them to be when we came into this life. Think about it. Peter was just a 
ordinary fisherman, so he thought. But Peter had some characteristics and some qualities about him that God wanted to work with. He had some attributes at work in him that Jesus saw in him, and Jesus wanted to develop those for the purpose of expanding his kingdom. He was a fisherman, the scripture lets us know. But it's something about a fisherman. Fishermen had to be disciplined. Fishermen had to rise early in the morning. They had to be self-motivated. They were entrepreneurs. They knew that if I don't work, I don't eat. If I don't work, I don't have income. If I don't work, I can't take care of my family. So Jesus knew that Brother Peter had that entrepreneurial drive in him. He had a drive for life. He knew because Peter was a fisherman, he knew how to handle adversity because every time a fisherman goes to fish, his expectancy is, I'm going to catch fish. But when a fisherman does not catch any fish, that fisherman can't quit fishing because fishing is what he does for a living so he has to get himself to back together and come back the next day and forget about the disappointment of the day before and move forward in the optimism of the new day that's what I'm saying to you that are listening to me today don't you define yourself by what people think about you you define yourself by the qualities that are at work in you I don't care what anybody says when you have a drive to never quit. Some of you have been through things in life that you should have quit 20 times before, but every time you get back up and you try again and you move forward again, substance abuse couldn't stop you. And I don't hear anybody trying to tell me today that all the hell, I said it, all the hell you've been through, you should be laying down somewhere under somebody's cover, sitting in somebody's car, up under underneath somebody's garage but there was something down in you that would not allow you to accept defeat. There was something down in you that the mistakes you made did not prevent you from continuing to live life. Life may not be at the level where you think it should be but we need to thank God this morning that we still have life, that we're still moving forward, that we're still you may not look the best but baby hang in there. Better days are coming. You may not feel the best. Better days are coming. God woke you up this morning and he's putting in my spirit to tell you I woke you up because I'm not finished with you yet. That's why God kept waking brother Peter up. He wasn't finished with him yet. God allowed Peter and his brother Andrew to be introduced to the ministry through John the Baptist. And as they were moving and grooving in ministry and seeing lives change and seeing their lives change, they had a new level of confidence boiling up in them. And then Andrew went later and introduced him to Jesus. And when Brother Peter met Jesus, he knew that he knew that he knew that his life was on target. Contrary to popular belief, when you are introduced to Jesus, that doesn't mean the end of mistakes. And that's what I want to deal with for these few fleeting moments today is that when you meet Jesus, you become more of a target of the enemy simply because the enemy knows that if you get yourself together in God, 
you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Because the enemy knows well aware of what you used to be before you tried to live this life in Christ Jesus. Yes, we fall down. Yes, we make mistakes. But I'm here to tell you this morning that your mistakes will not and cannot define you. They will not and cannot stop you. I look at this Bible verses and I look at the fact that Brother Peter was the least likely to succeed. But along the way, he had some undeniable experiences. He had some encounters with Jesus where he knew that 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 can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like the Lord. But Peter had some undeniable experiences while he was in ministry and Jesus walked the face of the earth. He had the opportunity to be first-handed to a miracle. Jesus and the disciples had been ministering, and the people were hungry. And over 10,000 people looked at Jesus hungry. And the disciples said to Jesus, we got to send these people home because they hungry and we hungry. And Jesus says, it doesn't matter how hungry they are. What matters is where they're going to get something to eat at. And Jesus asked the question, what do we have there? And here Peter, a man who is used to things being concrete, used to being things being defined, Peter looks at Jesus and says, what is he about to do? And Andrew, Peter's brother, comes back with two fish and five barley loaves. And then he brings Peter close to him, and he watches Jesus break bread out of five barley loaves, break bread, and he's looking at the bread, but he watches every time he breaks bread, the bread is restored. Every time he breaks the fish, the fish is restored. As long as it stayed in the master's hand, it never ran out. And I believe Jesus was giving Peter a message that as long as you stay in my hand, you're going to never run out. You may be broken. You may be misunderstood. You may make some mistakes. But as long as you stay in my hand, You'll never be totally empty. And that's what I want to let somebody know today. You may have made some mistakes, but look at where you're at now. You're still in the master's hand as long as you stay in the hand of Jesus. He knows how to multiply what's left. The Bible goes on and says that he finished feeding over 10,000 people and there was enough left over. He was showing Peter that I am your portion. And that's what I want to let somebody know today. You may be in a strain. You may be in a tight this morning, but you are. God is your portion. Jesus is your portion. And to even convince him even more, later that same day, after he had seen the multiplication of the fishes and the loaves, a storm came up. Because Jesus said, I'm going to send you boys on, but I'm going to stay on shore. And a storm came up in the land. 
rock the boat. Some of you, you've had your boat rocked. Some of you, your boat is being rocked even right now. But I want to let you know that Jesus is still in control of your life. It doesn't matter how bad the storm is. Jesus is still in control of your life. It doesn't matter how wet you are. Jesus is still in control of your life. Every day that God gives you the breath of life, that's a sign that God's influence has not left your life. The winds blew and the lightning flashed. Jesus said, if I don't go out and get these boys, they're going to perish. And the Bible said that Jesus left the land and began to walk the water. He defied the laws of human nature, and he began to walk the water. And Peter saw, and the other disciples saw him walk the water, got in the boat with them, and immediately the storm ceased. And Peter, being inquisitive like he was, he said, Master, I too want to walk the water. There was something different about Peter because the other disciples were just glad that Jesus got in the boat with him. The other disciples were just glad that the storm stopped, but not Peter. Peter said, I want to be what you are. I want to do what you are. In this life, there's some of us, we're just not satisfied being saved. But the Lord has a special call on our lives to be what Jesus is to do what Jesus does, and we just didn't accept the fact that I'm just glad that I'm not doing what I used to do anymore, and I'm just going to sit out. Because, see, that same drive that Peter had when he was a fisherman, that drive never left him. Can I just bring it on down and talk to you like I need to talk to you this morning? That drive that you used to have when you was out there hustling, yeah, that same drive that you had when you were out there doing what it is you knew you shouldn't have done and God delivered you from doing it wrong. God didn't deliver you. He didn't take the drive from you because we have to be as, as, as aggressive telling the world about Jesus as we were aggressive telling the world about our hustle. Oh, yeah, my brother, I'm talking to you, man. Yeah, I used to see, I see you in the spirit. Y'all know what that meant. Y'all know what that meant in the cold. Y'all know what that meant. In the rain, you know what that meant. Yeah, you know what that meant. Don't let that drive go away. Don't be so quick, though, to look for a position, but be quicker to look to be positioned in the life of Jesus. Because if you're not ready, if you're not ready, this life will eat you up. But if you let God make you, this life will preserve you and release you when it's time to be released. I'm talking to somebody today that you have a call on your life. Don't be so so anxious to answer the call, but be anxious to live for the Lord, and the call will come. Your gift will make room for you. I'm looking at Peter. He says, he, Peter said, Peter said, I want to do, I want to do what you do. Jesus bid him to come forward and say, all right. It's more than a notion, but all right. That's what I tell y'all today. Being a preacher is more than a notion. Being a missionary, more than a notion. You got to be ready because when you step out, you're going to encounter some storms and some danger. And if you're not ready, if you step out too soon, and that's what the Lord was telling, telling Peter. Peter, now I'm going to leave some things in your hand, but 
I got to make sure you know what you're getting into. And you can't step out too soon. Peter, Peter, Peter was caught up in the moment because he saw what Jesus did. And Jesus said, all right, come on. And Peter started walking the water. And he got excited about walking the water. Then the waves started kicking up a little bit. <laughs> the wind started blowing a little bit. And Peter took his eye off Jesus and paid attention to the surroundings and the atmosphere. And as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. And he hollered to Jesus, Jesus, save me, man. Jesus reached down and grabbed him, cuddled him, and took him back to the boat. And the message was, if you step out too soon, the winds and the storms of life are going to attack you. But when the winds and the storms of life begin to attack you, you've got to make sure you keep your eyes on me. For if you keep your eyes and your focus on me, you will not sink and die. And if you should have a difficult moment, then I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to bring you back in the boat. There's somebody watching today. You stepped out into a world of spirituality where you thought you were ready and you've been sinking ever since. But I won't let you know, my sister, my brother. You need to thank God that even though you've been sinking, you have not been destroyed. Because Jesus has too much invested in you to let the atmosphere destroy you. And Jesus picked him up and put him back in the boat rescued his life. I'm going to let somebody know that the Lord is ready to rescue you today. This message, I see you crying. Yes, I do. You know I'm all in your Kool-Aid. Your mistakes are making for a testimony and for a passion. And normally you preach this message at the end of Easter, but I don't care about the season. I'm more focused on the reason. And you're the reason this morning because the Lord wants you to get your life together. He's wanted, he wants to put you back together again right now, today. So he allowed him to get in the boat and so many more things go on about Peter. Can I just teach to you this morning? When Peter turns around, he's got his focus back. Y'all, this life, can I talk to you? I'm talking to those people that were once on fire for the Lord. But due to the circumstances of life, the fire is flickering. It's not going out, it's flickering. One thing I know about fire, it may be smoking like it's going out, but if you fan the air underneath it, you'll find that there's still some sparks. And if you just gently fan back and forth, those sparks will turn back into a fire. I want to let you know you may feel like your life has been reduced, reduced to a smoldering smoke, but I want to let you know that you're not gone out yet. And let the winds of the Holy Spirit flame in your life today. Let the winds of the Holy Spirit bless your life. I'm talking about a season of grace and favor. The devil wants you to accept the fact that you're nothing but smoke and you're good for nothing, but I want to let you know that the devil is a liar and a deceiver that today the Holy Spirit, the winds of the Holy Ghost is fanning the smoke and there's still some spark and if you stay there long enough, the spark will turn into a fire and there's something about a Holy Ghost fire. You can't put a Holy Ghost fire out so stay there and let the Lord just fan what's left. Peter thought he was ready. He's ready to follow Jesus all the way. Centurion soldiers got to messing with him, got to messing with Jesus. And Peter said, oh, no, uh-uh. He still had some gangster in him, y'all. And he took his sword and cut off the soldier's ear. Some of you <laughs> made the mistake 
and cut some stuff off that you weren't supposed to. And you regretted it to this day. Did some things. The moral of the teaching is did something you had no business doing. And you've been trying to repair it and fix it ever since you made the mistake of doing it. But it seems like you can't put it back together like it was. And you're at a point of major frustration right now because you've been trying to put that thing back together yourself. You can't put back together yourself what only Jesus can put back together. And he sent Peter a message. And that message is, if you mess up something that wasn't supposed to be messed up, I'm not going to allow you to put it back together without me. Somebody's trying to put some things back together without Jesus. Just come on back to church as you are. Just give your life back to the master as you can. Because only Jesus can put you back together again. The Bible story said that Jesus reached down, shook his head, said, Peter, and took the ear and put it back in place on the man's head. The ear was totally functioning. The man heard everything he needed to hear, never got no stitches, <laughs> blew the dirt off of it, all in, all in one move. He sterilized it, he stitched it, he healed it, then he made it work all in one sweeping move and put back together what Peter could never have done himself. The Lord can put things back together, and when he puts it back together, he only takes one move to do it. You've divorced he can put your life back together. Abortion, he can put you back together mentally. Been to prison, he can put you back together spiritually. You've even murdered somebody. Yeah, I'm going to be real. Sometimes the church gets so heavily bound until we know earthly good, and we don't know how to touch people. Well, today I'm going to touch you. You murdered somebody. You did your time. You sold drugs. You were a thief. You, I don't know what you were. Open up your mouth and say, Lord, remember me. Like the thief on the cross said, Lord, remember me. There's somebody out there. You're in a place and you need your life put back together again. And it looks impossible. All you need to say is, Lord, remember me. And this day, he's going to take your life in his hand and put it back together again. The Bible says the Lord put so much back together for Peter. Peter was fired up. He was ready. And he said, Lord, I'm going to be with you everywhere you go. Lord, you can count on me. Others may get weary. Others may get tired. But not me, Lord. I'm going with you every step of the way. And when they took Jesus to begin the process of crucifying him, Matthew says, a little girl saw Peter standing by and said, he's one of his disciples. And, and, and Peter said, no, I ain't. Because Jesus had already told him, you talking good now, but you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Went on a little further, and another young lady said, that's, that's one of his disciples. And Peter stood up. He said, I thought I told y'all once, and I'm telling y'all again, I don't know him. Because his life was in jeopardy. The pressure of being with Jesus. There's pressure of being with Jesus. There's tremendous pressure. Pressure from people. And if you're not ready for that pressure, you'll deny him. And you did deny him. You have denied him. But I want to let you know, even though you've denied him, this is a season of grace and favor over your life. 
This is a season right now in this season for you to come back to Christ. Not come back to ministry, but come back to Christ. Not come back to preaching, but come back to Christ. Not come back to pastoring, but come back to Christ. Not come back to being a missionary, but come back to Christ. Not coming back to be a deacon, but back to Christ. Not coming back to be a singer, but come back to Christ. Not coming back for a position, but coming back for a place in Christ's life. It's not time for a position. It's time for relationship. Third time, somebody said, wait a minute. Y'all, listen to how he talks. He's a Galilean, and he's surely one of them Jesus followers. And Peter rose up, and he began to cuss this time, y'all. He said, I thought I told you blankety-blank-blanks. I don't know him. I told y'all blankety-blank-blank. I don't know what he said, but the Bible said he began to curse, and he began to curse real aggressively because he had that aggressive nature in him. And as soon as he denied the third time, the Bible said the rooster crowed. And he remembered the words of Jesus. I'm sure every time Peter wanted to move forward, he would think about the rooster and hear the rooster in his mind. We can do some things that we're so ashamed of and so embarrassed of. And when we try to move forward, that rooster is crowing in our mind. The mistake can't get no worse than denying Jesus Christ. But when you're living in a season of grace and favor, God has a way of turning things around because grace is God's undeserved favor. Grace is wrapped in mercy and in love and compassion and in patience. God's favor is approval, his approval, his acceptance, special benefits and blessing. Favor means that God's going to give you special privileges and special opportunities that he wouldn't give to most people. You say, Bishop, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the fact that when Jesus went to Calvary, died at Calvary's cross, rose early that Sunday morning, then when he ascended back to the heavens, and he said to the boys, he said, I want y'all to go to the upper room, and I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. That'll keep you. And guess who was allowed? <laughs> the privilege of preaching the inaugural service on the face of this earth about the power of the Holy Ghost. Not the person who had a perfect record. Not the person who never made mistakes. And even before that, he told Peter, he said, Peter, something special about you, boy. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. I want to let you know, even though you made some mistakes, you still have the keys to life. My sister, my brother, get up from there today. This season of Easter is for your resurrection. Bible said that when Peter began to preach about the power of God and the goodness of Jesus, he got to preaching so tough, y'all, of all the disciples that could have preached the first sermon to tell everybody that Jesus is risen and he's the Savior of your life. Peter was given that privilege. Peter who denied him. Peter who messed things up. Peter who cut off the ear. Peter who watched the miracles. I want to let you know, look back over your life and see all the miracles and all the grace and all the favor that God has allowed to be bestowed upon your life. When God allows you to flow in a season, grace and favor. Peter wasn't that educated. 
but he knew how powerful God was in his life. And man, that first sermon about Jesus, he preached that thing so, because I'm sure as he was preaching, he was remembering where the Lord had bought him from. While he was preaching, he remembered what the Lord spared him from. While he was preaching, he remembered how the Lord loved him, how the Lord talked to him, and ultimately how the Lord forgave him for denying him. Peter preached so tough until over 3,000 people got saved from his first sermon. Can you imagine that? 3,000 people identifying with what it means to be broken. 3,000 people identifying with what it means to be put back together again. And if anybody could tell anybody about anybody being broken, it was Peter. And if anybody could tell anybody about anybody that can be put back together again, it was Peter. And so that's why I stand in this place too, because we've all done things that we're ashamed of, but if God can put me back together, he can put you back together. God's got some stuff reserved just for you to do for him that nobody else can do. Purpose of this season of grace and favor is so that you can rise to the level and do what God put you on this earth. Don't worry about how you're going to fix stuff. Just come back today. Lift your hands with me and pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. You've been so good to me and I shouldn't have never walked away. I should have never denied you, but I did. But I thank you because this message just for me. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me over again and strengthen my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Victory in the Word Radio Ministries of Renaissance Church of God in Christ USA, where our senior pastor is Bishop Dennis J. McMurray and Dr. E. Jean McMurray is our First Lady. It is our prayer that you've been moved by the Word of God. We welcome you to join us our Sunday morning worship service at 10.30 a.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for joining Victory in the Word, and until next time, walk in victory.